welcome back to the Live Moirai podcast, the new video version. For those of you watching on YouTube, you can still listen to us on Apple Podcasts and Spotify and Google Play and all that kind of stuff too. But we decided to add some new features like getting to watch Eric and I talk this week, if uh, if that's what you're into. I don't know. We'll see, what how, we'll see how this goes. But Isn't it so interesting? And like, I guess the other part of it too is that like, hey, you no longer have to sit in that little ditch of a part on the couch so that that's a, a good aspect of things yeah perks perks to perks to the internet and technology i suppose <laughs> so this week we thought we would talk about scaling which is a word often used in crossfit some people might not have heard it before if they've never done crossfit or or if they're just starting crossfit so maybe let's start with tell, talking about what scaling is yeah, I think that you're definitely right. Like there's a lot of things and we use it as like, as Stu mentioned it last week, we, we often use the verb is just scaling and we'll say it to clients and like, they're thinking of like, Oh, I'm stepping on a, I'm stepping on a scale, but like, they're not thinking, well, they're not thinking like what we think of as scaling. So scaling basically means for like for like the common vernacular, it's just like, you know, adapting the workout from what it is prescribed um so it can take a lot of different variations and um you know you can scale up you can scale down but the big thing is that like you can it's just different from what it happens to be written on the board as and that might mean that you're doing a completely different workout sometimes like it might be different in terms of the movements if you can't back squat like if you can't get to parallel it might mean box squatting it might not mean squatting at all like I know a couple members who have like shoulder injuries or something like that. And if, say we had like shoulder overheads that day, they might be doing squats, front squats, power cleans, something completely different. Yeah. Essentially we are, I use the word modifying a lot in yeah. the word scaling where we're modifying the workouts, the movements, whatever it may be to accommodate whether it's an injury or somebody's fitness level so that they can still perform the workout and get the same, if not, a very similar stimulus and effect from that workout. Absolutely. Yeah. And that's, and that's the, the big point um, that we need to kind of focus on is like achieving the same stimulus. So from, from Cody's perspective, uh, from a programming perspective, every single time he comes up with a workout, there is a single, there's an idea behind the workout, right? right? So there is an idea of, of a time domain, how hard it should feel, all these kinds of things. Um, so that can get kind of blown out of the water when, when you don't scale. So for example, um, a workout like Fran, for instance, that's a workout that should be done in probably seven, eight minutes um, yeah. for most people, right? Um, so if you're, if you're the type of person who walks in on a workout like that, maybe you're trying Fran the first time, um, you don't love thrusters, pull-ups aren't great for you, but you said, you know what, I'm going to do RX on this workout and you know, your thrusters aren't great and you're doing it in 12 and 13 minutes. Yeah. You've missed the point. Right. And it's not because it's not really because like you're not strong enough and all these things. And it's scaling isn't meant as a way to make you feel bad about your fitness level. It's just so that we can achieve what we're actually trying to achieve in a given workout. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And I think there's this there's this stigma with, with scaling that you're, you're making the workout easier, which I don't feel is the case most of the time. 
sometimes you are making a movement easier maybe because like i said before we're accommodating an injury or something like that but for the most part it's to it's to bring the workout to a to a place where again we're trying to reach those time domains that you're talking about or or achieve a certain stimulus like finishing a workout in under eight minutes or something like that and if if that means using a lighter weight then so be it it doesn't necessarily mean that you're doing less work than somebody who is using more weight or doing more reps or what have you in a workout for example if we take fran again rich froning can do fran in a couple of minutes it's not going to take me that quick to do it that was a weird way to say that sentence it will take me longer than rich froning to do to do fran if i wanted to do it in the same time frame i would have to use much less weight and maybe even scale the pull-ups to be able to do it in the same time as he does and if we were to do them side by side in the same amount of time we're putting in the same amount of effort it's just i have to modify it to allow me to work it within those time parameters exactly yeah if, if, if you wanted to get that workout done or if i wanted to get that workout done in two minutes it might be like empty bar fran right beside your ring rows like and just exactly. yeah that yeah if that was the attention behind frame was to do it in two minutes or less that would be the point of doing it um but obviously that's not the point of that that workout the other thing too is that like you know it's important that one of the ways that i heard that scaling was uh, a good way to think about scaling from a coach's perspective if any coaches are listening to this whether at our gym or others is that if you scaled the workout right for your class, everyone who's participating should be around the same time or have around the same reps right. um, as right. everyone else. So like, you know, if you're, if you're doing, <clears throat> if you're doing a workout for time, a nice chipper or something like that, there shouldn't be someone finishing at six minutes and then the, the last person's at 17 minutes. Like right. that just didn't happen. Um, yeah there are going to be exceptions to that for, for some cases. Like, you know, if Rich Froning happens to stop in at Mariah and we have Fran programmed, there's, there's going to be a four minute difference probably between the next person who finishes, which is fine. But, you know, or, or like, or next Monday we have Murph coming up, right? Like a games level athlete is going to finish that in 35 minutes. Whereas our best person I'm going to guess is closer to an hour. Right. And, and it might not even be the same workout it might be different prescription but that's that's kind of more what we're looking for same with like an amrap right if 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 you have mrs jones who's doing i don't know she did 100 reps in the in a 12 minute amrap and then we have mr jones who did 350 yeah they probably didn't scale it properly or maybe she's maybe mrs jones is a little bit of a newbie or mr jones maybe went too light like that's that's often can be the case too is like is not scaling up or scaling to your actual workout capacity, right? Because I know uh, I know Carrie mentioned that you know my first day, uh, my first day coaching at MRI, I was uh, I was coaching and one of our seasoned athletes who's no longer living and working with us was uh, Tyler Tyler Kopak, and I remember it was a push press workout and he had it was prescribed at 135. Yeah. Um, but he had 155 in the bar and I like, I didn't, I didn't know him obviously, but like after the class, I was like, Carrie, what's our policy on like scaling up and workouts? Cause like some gyms, 
as I learned. Yeah, exactly. Like some gyms don't do it. Um, and she mentioned like what Tyler's background was, which totally makes sense. Cause like if he would have done that workout at 135, um, it's not that it's not that like he wouldn't have got a workout or it wouldn't have been hard for him. It just it would have been much faster for him. It wouldn't have achieved the same stimulus that we were trying to achieve with whatever workout that was. So he had to make it a little bit heavier than what we prescribed to make sure that he could he could finish the workout in the same ish time domain as everyone else. Yeah, so that he was so that he was working on the same level as everybody else. And that's that's a good point you bring up about scaling up. So I think people almost everybody associates scaling like I said, with making, with making things easier, mm-hmm. scaling is just modifying whether you're making it easier or harder. So scaling up is, is something that happens as well. Like you said, there are athletes out there who have a special kind of talent and sometimes the RX weights that get programmed for the general public aren't, aren't going to achieve that same stimulus. And so maybe they have to use a few, a few extra, a few extra pounds on their bar or maybe doing, muscle ups instead of chest bars or something like that just to again put in put in that same amount of effort that everybody else is yeah and that and that can also like it's not just for advanced athletes like people who are scaling say you know say you've had someone at your gym for i don't know six months to a year and they started out with working with just an empty bar and yeah. now the, and the, then they just never push themselves right like and that's our job as coaches to obviously push them but like maybe like again using Mrs. Jones, she's just, she sounds like a very unfit person from what I keep describing her, but maybe she starts out with a training bar and, and she's, you know, she's in the six months we've been working with her. We can see that she's rapidly uh, grown with her fitness level. Um, but we never, we never push her to use heavier weights. So again, we're doing Fran and she, she picks up the training bar and she's done in like one thirty cause she's doing it with that and ring rows. Meanwhile, we know that she's capable of doing the workout at a harder level that she could maybe have done it, you know, still doing ring rows or jumping pull-ups, but did the workout at five minutes. If she did, you know, a a woman's bar at 35 pounds or even a little bit of a a weight on that woman's bar. So it is about, you know, making sure that you are pushing yourself within that, within that time frame of where you want to finish a workout. And listen, like there's going to be times when you get it wrong, right? When you, when you think, you know, I, I couldn't possibly do all of this work in the, the nine minutes it's supposed to take me. And then you finish in four minutes and you're like, oh, I should have went heavier. That's going to happen. But that is the idea of what you're trying to do with, with scaling is, is finishing kind of around the same amount, uh, same time frame with other people. Yeah, absolutely. And we, we have on our programming, we have sort of goal times posted with the workout so that people have an idea of how long it should take. And that's give or take, you know, a certain amount of time, depending on, depending how long the workout is, if it's a longer workout, the, the standard deviation or that window of uh, plus minus is going to be a little greater than a, than a shorter workout. But again, if, if you're, if you're thinking about trying to think about what weights to use or how to modify a movement, I, as a coach, sometimes I'll like, I'll do my best. I'm sure the other coaches do as well to say, well, it should, you know, hopefully take you about this long to do this much work or this many or yeah. a round should take you about a couple of minutes or something like that. So if you're doing five rounds, it's going to be around 10 minutes. If you get tired, 11, 12 ish, something like that. But 
I guess I that's one thing you say, like I've heard you say when you coach and I, I say it as well. And I've heard other coaches say it as well, but say it's like, I don't know, it was 10 deadlifts and, and it was part of the chip or it was around. It doesn't really matter. You, you start in the, the whiteboard description, you start by saying, you know, these, the weight that you're using on your deadlift should be one that you can do unbroken or should be only two sets. Like that's another form of scaling that you're going to get at, from us as coaches in terms of like what it's, what it's about to feel like, right? Like if you have 50 kettlebell swings, don't pick a weight that you're going to have to do more than four sets, something like that. Like something yeah. like that kind of instruction is what you're going to get from us too. Well, I think, I think that brings up another topic where when we're looking at rep schemes that, when people see a number on the board, I think immediately in their head, they're thinking, oh, there's no way I can do that many reps unbroken. And depending on the workout, you might not even supposed to. Yeah. So uh, I tell that a lot too, especially, especially newcomers, because obviously coming, coming from outside of CrossFit, most people, you know, they do their sets of 10. So you have to make sure you're, you, you can do 10 reps of whatever it is where if it's on the heavier side or, or the difficult side of, in terms of skill, I tell people a lot of the times, if you can't do 10, then do five, take a break and do another five. Like it doesn't have to be 10 in a row, which is something that, which is another way to, again, modify a workout to help you complete it and get that stimulus again. Absolutely. Yeah. Like look, there's, there's so much too, especially cause like maybe it was a workout where it has, I don't know, overhead squats and overhead squats and running. I think that's Nancy, right? Like, so like if, if you think of a workout like that, you know, maybe, maybe scaling the weight um, down allows you to run a little bit better so that you can actually get that time frame Right. Right. Yeah. Whereas like, if you, if, if you went to that, I think it's 95 pounds. If you did RX 95 pounds or 65 for the ladies, um, and it, and it deterred your run, like your, your overhead squats are okay, but it was so grueling to get through those overhead squats that your run was bad. Then again, we've missed the point, right? Like it, it, you might need to scale one thing to make something else better. Yeah, absolutely. And that'll come down to the individual, I think as well, because maybe, maybe that person is perfectly fine with where their running is at, but they want, they want to do that, the overhead squats at 95 pounds well then if they're aware of what that's going to do to their run then i'm okay with them doing that yeah i, I am too like there's like i said there's times and places when you might not scale um and and the, like there's times and places when you're fully capable of executing a movement like that that you do scale so again i'll use nancy for an example and i'll use myself as an example i'm a bad overhead squatter so say it was heavy nancy at 135 um if 95 isn't enough where my form is going to break down. But if it was 135 and I really wanted to work on overhead squats, I would have to say to the coach, you know what, look, my time isn't going to be whatever you want it to be. It's going to be a lot slower because I'm going to take these overhead squats in small sets and I'm going to work at working under this weight in a smaller amount of time. And that might be okay for the day. Right. Or it might be different. For an example, if, um, if say power cleans are 135 and usually that's not a weight that's that you struggle with 135, 95. Um, but you know, you're feeling kind of worn down. You walk into the gym and you say, you know what, 
my cleans have looked really horrible. looks like a dog's breakfast for the last month. I'm going to break it down to like 75, 85 pounds, and I'm just going to move slow, and I'm going to make sure all of my cleans look awesome. Great. Yeah. You scale for scale for movement quality. That's yeah. another reason why you scale, right? Cause like there's sometimes as coaches where we watch someone uh, moving a barbell and, and sure they can execute by judges standards, the movement. However, there are times when they should not be moving that bar. Right. Cause like, again, scaling for movement quality is, is arguably one of the most important things to do. Yeah. I was, I was going to say that that is my favorite type of scaling is scaling for movement quality i would much rather someone do perfect cleans at 75 pounds than absolute dumpster fires at 135 or something like that i agree and and the same same measure i mean obviously like there's going to be a time when we move back to or we move to a facility where we are dropping and things like that too but can you if, if again, if we're, if we're using a power clean, for example, can you power clean 135 if you can't control it on the way down? The answer is no, right? Like if you can't control that weight, if it's not under di- directly under your control from the, from the floor on the way up and on the way down, you can't clean that weight, and at least not at a cycling speed, right? So that's important to keep in mind too. And you're right, like the long game is, is scaling for movement quality. So that kind of brings up the question of like who should scale at some point every single person should scale yes like like there's no whether and it's it could be for different reasons right like it could be for you know i've had a horrible day i slept three hours last night so i just i can't i can't do the workout at the the prescribed weight that i I would normally do um you know you come into the gym and the the good i would say that one of the best things about crossfit and being in a crossfit gym is that you scale for injuries um in ways that like doesn't require you to get to the gym so i'm gonna use brent as a really good example because i saw it on his instagram page this morning he nearly tore his rotator cuff or did i'm not really sure yeah, yeah, i saw him i saw him post about the, the safety bar on his squats and stuff like that for his shoulders that's all that's about as far as i know so. exactly so like his post like i don't know if he was it wasn't really so much about like the idea of scaling however what what he did like he he blew his shoulder so he's not doing snatches and like heavy work with his shoulders however he's still able to get a workout in because he's he's just adapting it to what he's doing right so he's like the safety bar squat um so and and like that comes down to to members as well coming into the gym like if if you see a workout where you know you don't think you know, I, I can't do that. I, I can't do that movement because I've hurt X, Y, or Z. We will find you something yeah. that you can do. Um, like I know Lori, for example, like she had foot surgery um, and didn't want to, uh, didn't want to come into the gym or just couldn't come into the gym. I should say for the most part, because she just couldn't put a lot of weight on her feet. Sure. Um, but as she was getting better, it was like, she, she started to come in and there's certain, sure there's movements that she can't do. Like we're not, I don't even know if she can start to run yet because it's a lot more pressure on her feet. And today like box jumps was in her workout and I was watching her doing box step ups. Right. And she might do box jumps the occasional time. There's a long winded way of saying is like, she will, we find something that she can do that's achieving the same stimulus and achieving the same time so that she can still get a workout in because the last thing that you want to do with an injury is sit at home and do nothing. Yeah, exactly. And 
I agree. It's one of my favorite things that we will scale around injuries. So going back to Lori as an example of doing her box step-ups, essentially she's doing the same thing as everybody else. She's getting on top of a box and standing up. She's just doing it in a way that's less impact on her foot that she had surgery on. And when the nice thing is, is that if somebody comes into a class and says, Oh, I, I have a bum shoulder, if something happened, blah, 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 I can't do that movement. We're not just going to sit there and say, Oh, well then you can't work out today. We'll see you later. Yeah. Yeah. A hundred percent. Like that's, that's so right. Cause like, we want to see you in the gym as much as possible and other gyms aren't built that way. Like, like a 24 hour fitness or a good life. And I don't have to pick on any one of them individually, but they won't coach you through that. Right. Like they, if you, if you hurt your shoulder bench pressing, they're not going to be like, come on back in tomorrow. We'll teach you how we'll teach you what we can do and get you on a program that we can do while you're still injured. Right. Yeah. It's like come back in four weeks and like, hopefully your shoulder's better. Like, yeah. and yeah, there, there's, there's going to be times when you, you know, you need actual time off to rest if, if an injury happened or in the case of Laura, like she had foot surgery, right? You need time off to recover, but you know, motion is lotion, like getting back in the gym and actually doing something with your body is, is going to help you recover. Yeah, I agree. I think sitting around and doing nothing is, is going to be a detriment to someone's overall fitness, whether they're injured or recovering from a surgery or what have it, what have you. Obviously we want to be careful in, in how we approach addressing it, but it's better than you know, finding something for them to do is better than just letting their entire body atrophy while they wait for, for an injury to heal. Yeah. Something is always better than nothing. Like it's, it's just like, I think Ben Bergeron's um, post about the idea that, like a 1k a 1k run has more in common to do with a 10k run or a marathon than sitting on your couch right so like yeah totally it just doing something is a step in the right direction yeah and going back to sometimes people will come in like you said they're they're feeling pretty sore or maybe we had a couple people just compete over the weekend and they're coming in so they might be feeling the effects of that and so you're just, you're not at a hundred percent that day and they just come into the gym. They say, I'm going to use lightweight and just move. And I say, that's totally fine. It, it is 100% better than you being on your couch, watching the prices, the price is right right now. So <laughs> nothing, nothing against the price is right. I love that show. <laughs> um, so when we talk about like, we've kind of glanced over it a few times already, but like, the idea of when we should scale, obviously injury is one, you know, movement quality is another. When are some other times where you like, yeah, we should probably scale this workout. As, as a coach, if for me, when I'm watching people warm up for, for a workout and, you know, during the world, the workout has even started and maybe someone's got too much weight on the bar and they're just struggling through their warm up lifts. Yeah. And, you know, say, for example, at the beginning of the class, I said, this should be something you should be comfortable doing five reps unbroken with, and then maybe have to take a break after that, but they're struggling to hit five. Then maybe I go up to them and say, Hey, let's, let's pull the weight back just a little bit and let's hit like five clean reps. And then if you can do that in the warm up, maybe we'll try adding a little bit of weight. See if, if we can hit another five clean reps, then maybe we can use that for the workout. Otherwise 
we'll have to pull it back a little bit. Something like that. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that's a good point. Um, when it comes to, when it comes to that on the, on the nutrition side of things, there's a lot of times I'll tell people, I'll tell clients that are working with me to scale. I'll pick on Justin for an example. Like he scaled four of the five workouts in the open this year. The only one he didn't scale was the first one that was a 20 pound wall ball. So like it really wasn't taxing on him. And the reason we did it is because like Justin's been cutting calories. So he's in a, a severe calorie deficit since the start of March. So that's an added stressor on your life. And when you don't, when you're eating less food than you basically need, because that's how weight loss is, is, is occurring. Yep. It's going to have an impact on your, your central nervous system. So, you know, if he comes in and uh, again, I'll just harken back to Fran. If he comes in and, and does Fran at, at 95 pounds, although he's capable of, of potentially, you know, getting it done in sub 10 minutes, it's going to be really taxing on his central nervous system um, in ways that it's, it's not beneficial. Like it's, it's, he's not going to create muscle adaptation. He's not going to burn more calories from it. He's just going to make his life kind of a living hell. Like sleep's going to get worse. Uh, all his hormonal stuff is going to get a lot worse. So there's a lot of times when, you know, I, and I have other people that I'm working with that I won't say their names or anything, but like they – they're going through some some under recovery issues or high stress periods and, and adrenal issues where stress is at an all time high. Um, and like I said, working out is one more stressor. So when they come in, we have them on like, hey, if you have to bend over on at any point during this workout, put your hands on your knees and you're out of breath, you've gone too fast. Sure. Right. So like if you're if you're going to the point where you finish the workout and you're laying on the ground we did this wrong. We went too fast. And that's not because they're not physically capable of it. They can probably go there and do that. However, they're like, they're just under recovered or there's a lot going on in their lives right now. So that it doesn't make sense to push that hard in a workout. Like not every single day. I and mean, we've mentioned in the previous podcast, not every single day is, you know, maximum intensity. We talked about intensity before it's relative intensity, relative. That's like, scaling intensity is one more way we do it yeah absolutely so so there will be days where people will come in and do a workout and at the end of it they say wow like the barbell felt super heavy today or i just i didn't i couldn't seem to get going really fast or i'm just i'm out of, I'm out of breath more than usual and not that i'm any much of a nutrition coach but usually i will i'll ask them like a have you what have you eaten today and B, what have you eaten in the last three days? Yeah. Because again, that, that cal- like you said before, if, if somebody's on a cut, so they're at a calorie deficit, they're already just not going to have the same amount of energy that they do normally. Yeah. And, yeah, can- and like last week, like I'll use Justin again as an example. Like we were back squatting in and he's a strong dude. I think his, his one rep max is 355 or somewhere in there. Um, and he had 295 in the bar and, and he, it was, a, it was a struggle for him. Like he, he didn't, he didn't fail the rep. He probably could have gone a little bit heavier, but he's like, what happened? And I'm like, dude, like you're, when you, when you have to require, when you go there for that one rep max, um, you have to require a lot of your central nervous system to activate, to do that. So like, you're like, you know, that's when you see like the power lifters getting slapped on the back, going all for it. Um, if Kyler's listened to it, I may have done that at men's day. Um, <laughs> Which was awesome, by the way. When we're doing that, like it's, it requires a lot of central nervous system activation. He's already got a lot of central nervous act- system activation through 
cutting, right? So it's like his body's just going to be like, nope, we're not going there. Okay, we're not going that hard. It is what it is. And that's that's okay. Like he, there's going to be a time when we add, you know, when he's not in his cut, when we're achieving another goal that work that he has more calories to work with, right? Yeah. So that's not not a huge concern. Totally. And you mentioned stressors before. So like I said before, we had people that competed on the weekends. So they could still be recovering from that. You could have had a bad day at work. And that's, and that's weighing on you mentally, which is going yeah. to affect your physical output. There's lots of things that can affect performance. And so thinking, like you said, thinking that every day is going to be max out day is pretty insane because of there's just so many things happening in everybody's lives to have to, to be firing on all cylinders all the time. Absolutely. Yeah. Like not to go down too far down a rabbit hole of, of stress, but like we're at an all time high when it comes to, to stress in people's lives, whether that's your commute, you know, family work, all that stuff. Yeah. Um, and, and yes, you know, a workout is what's called a good stressor, which I think is called a use stressor or something like that, but it doesn't matter like that. That's still a stressor, right? So, you know, scaling that, down in weight or scaling that down in intensity is important to do every now and then and just you know check with how you're feeling like am i feeling good can i push it today no if not that's okay did i sleep three hours last night maybe i don't try to rx this workout and compete with the buddy across the gym maybe i just go in there and i move and and i get my heart rate up a little bit but i keep it like like a concrete example if if i know someone's struggling with adrenal issues and they wear a heart rate monitor my rule is under 145. Now, if you're not wearing a heart rate monitor, like I said, if at any point you feel like you have to grab your, like bend over and hold your knees, you've gone too fast. That's kind of like the easy measured in terms of like a recovery workout. It shouldn't be that hard. Totally, yeah. And I, I put it in some longer workouts as well, things that are like maybe 30 to 40 minutes long, saying that the pace should be a, a conversational pace. Yep. As a joke, I call it a mosey, but literally you you should be able to turn and talk to the person next to you while you're moving. Yep. And every so often those will come up again, sort of as sort of as a recovery workout, especially after, if it's been a week or two of, of some pretty some pretty grueling quads. Absolutely, yeah, because like there's a lot of times like, you know, once you once you do a lot of CrossFit, you can kind of see which ones are, are really physically taxing and stuff like that. Um, like for example, now that, now that I've done CrossFit for a few years, when I go through the open and I, one, one of the things I brought up was a lot was like repeatability in terms of like how this workout would be on recovery. Um, like a workout like 19.1, for example, that is not really hard in your central nervous system. The right. way it's heavy, it's just breathing. Yeah. However, a workout like 19.2, you're going pretty close to your one rep maxes a lot. So like that's going to be one that's pretty hard on your central nervous system to recover from. And I, and I think back, like if you don't believe me, think back to 19.2 and ask how many people one repeated it. And two, how did you feel after you did that? Did you feel like you had to eat the entire world and had a bunch of cravings? Yeah, yeah you probably did because your central nervous system was like, give me a fucking break. So that's just important to keep in mind. Like it's, it's important to keep in mind that like, there's a time and a place for that, but recovery in terms of scaling recovery is important to do. 
Yeah, absolutely. And with with talking about the importance of scaling, I want to touch on this this point that we have in our notes. Can you can you scale and still improve? Yeah, great question. And I think I think that is a one hundred percent yes answer to that. I've I've been wanting to do this little I guess you can call it an experiment, but and maybe I'll start it pretty soon where I want to go in and do a bunch of workouts at the at the women's RX weight. Maybe test some benchmarks first and then mm-hmm. and train at what, what we would have as the women's RX weight for who knows how long. We gotta pick a time frame and then go back and see if I got any better. And I bet you if if you stick if you stuck to it, you would see an improvement. Let me put it this way, like we said earlier, we, we said like when who should scale and we said we both kind of agreed that everyone if you at some point do not scale you probably won't improve like that's that's a clear-cut way of saying like at some point every single person should scale now like again i'll use myself as an example i'm not doing i'm doing more advanced programming i'm working out probably two hours a day right and there's gonna there's times in my programming when i look at the percentages like i'm doing hatch i did hatch last week and i try i was I was 20 pounds under my percentages Yeah, because I was like, I'm not feeling it today. I was like, my knees hurt. I don't feel like pushing that hard and like, I'm going to push as hard as I can, but I'm not going to those percentages just because they're written on the board. Like you have to scale. Everyone should have to scale. So yeah, to improve, I think to make constant progress, I think scaling is important because if you don't scale, whether that be for intensity, movement, quality, whatever, you're not going to have that time period where you can focus on something to actually get better. Like if you're, if you're just constantly pushing red line, there's going to get a point whether you're getting injured or you spend a prolonged period of time out of the gym and then you're back at square one. Right. Whereas like if, if you're, if you're, you know, you're, you're scaling and doing it progressively scaling, um, you start, you know, you start by doing three RX workouts, you have a bad week. So you scale the next three workouts and you just keep, like monumentally building up um for those of you who are listening and not watching i was just moving my hands and and talking um but uh, like that's the big thing is like yeah i think if i think if you don't scale at some point you won't improve yeah i agree because like you said going at a hundred percent all the time your body just isn't going isn't going to be able to handle it Mm-hmm. you might get hurt or you will full-on just curb your adaptation because your body will just stop being able to perform yep exactly that's exactly it awesome i don't know how long we've been talking i feel like it's been a while is there anything else we want to touch on no i think that like i think that's pretty much covers it um like when it comes to scaling i, I think the biggest thing is is yeah like you don't see it so much in classes and we kind of glanced over throughout the whole thing, but there is such a, there's such a dogma towards scaling. I think that people need to, to listen to this and have a better understanding for what it really is. Sure. Um, especially because in, like in the open, you know, there's so many people that, and, and I'm not pointing fingers at anyone, but like should have scaled, but felt like, I'm, I'm not that person. I'm not that, I'm not the scaler. Right. And that's fine. Like if you want to, if you want RX a workout because you're capable of RXing the workout, 
but you're not achieving the same stimulus. I mean, in that setting, that's fine if you if that's how you want to do it. But progression in terms of you getting better as an athlete, a uh, an athlete, but also just getting fitter in general, scaling is is the way to go, and it's not something that needs to be looked down on down upon. Yeah, sure. And and the best, you know, the best that we can do is make our suggestions for what we think for people sure. should be doing, and they can they can take that or they can not either way, whatever they want to do. Um, yeah. I'm not going to argue super, super hard on them unless I think they're going to hurt themselves pretty seriously. But I mean, honestly, I think most people, especially, especially at our facility have a pretty good handle on, on listening to their bodies. And uh-huh. that's, I, I suppose my final note on this would be essentially just listen, listen to your body. Cause your body will tell you if, if it's just not, in that place today for example like you'll just know like i said some people will come in they pick up an empty barbell do a couple warm-up reps for their movement and it's like oh my goodness this this thing feels crazy heavy today they throw in maybe a couple of 10s or 15s or something and they're like yeah this is it this is as far as i'm going today i feel like a lot of people mri are pretty good at that at this point yeah i think like one of the things that my mentor jason phillips built upon me like Deep down, whatever it is, whether it's about scaling or just life questions in general, you know what's right. Like, yeah, you exactly. you know, like as much as you know, Mrs. Jones might be telling you to put more weight on the bar. You know what you're supposed to do. Like, yeah. you know, if you sat there and asked yourself, "What? How do I feel? Should I be doing this?" You know the answer, hundred percent. Just be okay with that, whatever it happens to be, yep. and go. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I don't know how many times I finished a workout and just thought to myself, "Yeah, I shouldn't have done that." Yeah. Or, or thought like, or, or finished a workout scale, having it scaled it and being like, Could I'm proud of scaling that. Yeah. I'm yeah. Or that too. That too. Yeah. Totally. Yeah. Absolutely. Awesome. Cool. Well, that wraps, I think we'll wrap that up for our first, our first podcast with video. So you can hopefully if you're watching us on YouTube, you're enjoying watching us sort of interact with each other, even though we're not in the same room. And we will be broadcasting, broadcasting like it's live or something. <laughs> we'll be putting out more podcasts, basically moving forward with video as well. You can still, like I said at the top of the show, listen just to the audio on Apple, Google, Spotify, all that kind of stuff. But we just thought we'd add this extra little, extra little feature in case you're sitting at home on your computer or at work and don't feel like doing any work and want to listen to two bozos talk instead. Yeah, absolutely. That's a good feature. If if anyone wants to sit here and look at, uh, look at Cody at at work and me and sitting at home with my yeah, hair. yeah, it's great, fantastic. Things going on at the gym. We are gymnastics sem uh, seminars clinics are a couple weeks in now. They've been going pretty well. Victoria Day, May twentieth. We have condensed hours, nine and ten a.m. classes only. And I think that's about it for this for this month in terms of anything special on certain dates yeah if you can make it in for that that holiday uh classes guys we do in murph murph yeah i've done i've done murph twice and after the first time i said i would never do it again but uh it's a good time and if it's only once a year i'm okay with it yeah i've I've, again i only do it once a year too but like i've never done it unpartitioned i've only partitioned it so this will be my first rx 
doing it and nice. me and uh young man russell are gonna are gonna do it so. <laughs> young blood <laughs> it'll be fun to do i've actually only done it unpartitioned oh yeah man, because that's... because i have horrible friends who... <laughs> and that, that that could be one of those times where you just say i what we were just talking about i should should have said to myself yeah i shouldn't i shouldn't have done that but yeah exactly yeah it is, it, it's, it's fine you live and you learn yeah Awesome. So we will be back next week with a brand new topic. And Eric, you have yourself a good rest of your day. You too, my man. All right. See you later. See you guys. Bye.